You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. Talk on a Monday. That's the normal day, though. I don't know why I announced that. What's up, Scotty? What's Yo, got fourteen grow questions, bro. Can we do it? Can we keep <laughs> you on track? Yeah, I think we can, man. I think we can. Cool, cool, man. We we're talking uh, about getting ready for a good show. A little late, late to you guys today. It's been busy coming off of the the holiday weekend for those of you that either celebrate Easter. I said like happy Easter to somebody the other day or something and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm mean, whatever, you know, just another day for me. I'm like, well, that's fine. I, still, it's a, it's a, it's a whatever. Happy Easter. doesn't matter. I'm not saying you have to celebrate it. Right. I'm saying happy Easter, you know, teach their own. Anyway, and we're not much of a religious family ourselves. We're more spiritual in nature, I like to say. But uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, but if somebody I says happy, I hope happy Easter, you just go, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, you too, bro. Don't yeah, mean shit uh, to me, bra. <laughs> <laughs> everybody had a good, a good. Yeah, if I say good holiday weekend, then you get the Easter people. They're like, man, why you got to be dissing on Easter? You know, like Christmas time. Uh, that's what like, I mean. Happy holidays. You can't like, win. Screw you! Man. It's Christmas, man. <laughs> can't win. Anyway, yeah, I know. It's it's a, it's it's a melting pot, as they say. Hey, bro, you're not gonna. So, it, go, it goes kind of according to something I had to figure out in the beginning of doing this show, which is you're not gonna make everybody happy all the time. So just try to be true to yourself, man. You know, it's about the best thing you can do. Yes, yes. Well, let's get into it here a little bit. We do have uh, a lot of Grow Talk questions. We got an executive producer of episode 224. That is going to be a Canadian, a Canadian grower guy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you, know, you know that one? You know that one Canadian grower guy? This, that's, this is him. Oh, I know him, eh? Exactly. <laughs> oh, you can't. Hey, yeah, I, no. I got to give a special shout out to our boy Jay Maestro, man, who who hasn't smoked in an entire week, man. He's that sick, dude. So homeboy is under the weather with the flu. Maestro, oh, get get better, amigo. I said I want to talk to him because I've never experienced the completely sober, haven't smoked in a week, Jay Maestro, man. I wonder if he's a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talks like a Wall awesome. Streeter and shit, you know. Get, get the better, Mr. Maestro, for sure. Uh, we did have a one Midwest Nugs here, man. He had a he wanted to chime in. He sent me an email. I said I'd get it out to the crew. Said, "Hey, dude and Scotty, wanted to make it out for the DGC Cup, but and that's April 16th, guys. Uh, but I'm on a strict budget. <clears throat> Do you happen to know if there is anyone in the Denver area that is going to the Cup that wouldn't mind a couch surfer for two days?" And he goes, "I'm a clean cut 28 year old guy. I would be packing light and flying either in flying in either Thursday or Friday evening and flying out Sunday. So that would be just please don't cup. leave anything good in your medicine cabinets. Why did he have to write that, dude? It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> I know it's a lot to ask of someone, but if you know anyone that could put me in contact with, it would be appreciated. And he says, "Thanks, Midwest Nugs. Hey, he did say 
He's 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 clean cut, man. All right. So right. Yeah, this is cool, man. I invited uh, a couple folks out last year, and man, I really have not been bummed out with the DGC. Uh, just g- good, solid folk, man. Uh, you know, all different walks of life, but yeah, I'll, I'll bet you'll find uh, a couch to surf, amigo. Come on, man. Midwest Nug. Go make a go make a post on dudegrows.com. Put a little video up there of yourself and just be like, hey man, this is Midwest Nugs. I need a spot. You know? <laughs> Market yourself a little bit over there. Come on, but dude. Anyway, just outfit the help. Previa, man. Come on, man. That could be like that's like <laughs> the European hotel room right there, man. I've been in hotel rooms smaller than the inside of your Previa van, by the way, man. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you can stay in my van down by the river, man. <laughs> Got a pool and a pond. Pond would be good for you, man. Well, shout out to a couple primetime supporters. Number one, of course, will be the DGC Cup coming quick, guys. April 16th, Saturday. I believe it'll be straight up probably, I think, 4 to 11. It might be actually 5 to 11. We might keep that first hour for setting up a little more. But we'll, we'll announce it regardless. That evening here in Denver in the Santa Fe Arts District. Um, i got to get this signed contract back from the owner. But he's on the, the up and up with everything we're doing. So uh, yeah. that's the only reason I haven't like given out the – I don't even know, man, if I – I guess you kind of got to give out the address. I'm like, we'll keep it all down low, man, in code. <laughs> <laughs> I was we'll wondering. Well, you got to have a. Yeah, I think we do. Need, I think we do need to have the address uh, sooner or later, man. Unless it's going to be like ultra cool, where you don't even know. You get blindfolded, man. You meet. You meet at yeah. the uh, at the magic market, man. Get blindfolded. Yep. You got to. You got to meet at this grocery store, and then you get in the Previa blindfolded and <laughs> cart people over to the event. Anyway, I like it, man. I like it. The other, uh, give a shout-out to Way to Grow, guys. Kicking butt here in Colorado. Great grow store. Uh, been around forever. Been We've been, uh, whatever, customers and hangout and buddies with uh, that crew for quite a while, if you've been listening to the show, since back in 03, if you will. But this this month, no, it's not done yet. Um, if you haven't, pick up your canna, man. 30% off canna boost. Can of cocoa, their 50-liter cocoa bags are $16.99. Good and then it's stuff. 25% off all can of nutrients. So it's deals that only come around once a year for this sale. An awesome time to stock up or try the canna line. We have been getting more... Um, post this month on Canna, and I think specifically probably because uh, that sale, it's like, all right, well, shit, man. Now I'll go up in there and give it a go. You know, Scotty uses the A and B, and I have not used their boost yet, but I do have my liter of boost fresh and ready for this next grow because I picked one of those up. Look, why won't you use boost so. as a foliar? You know what I mean? You just grab a little, they're half pints, they're 250 milliliters, is what the smallest boost well, is. Well, you know, Canna Man's coming, or I think Canna Man's going to be back in town. Chet, if you will, and I want to ask him that because look, I want to use Boost. I know you can use it as a foliar, and it goes with further. You know, people are like, damn, Boost retails like at 110 or something for the liter, but I want to. If if I'm going to use it optimal, I'm going to presume Chet's going to like you should you should be watering it in, and yes, yeah, so you can foliar spray too. But I just want to make sure I'm getting you know 100% out of it, what I can get out of it. And I'm not saying foliar feeding is like skimping on it, but I want to make sure I'm getting all my benefits so we should ask him that when he's in, hanging in the studio man there's something to it man i i don't understand what cannaboost is i know it's those oligosaccharides and i'm probably saying that wrong but uh man when i was hanging out with the tomato growers down in in Immokalee, in florida they were using a product that was touting the same you know oligosaccharides and polysaccharides and all those different sugars and it, uh-huh. it just it did make me think man you know that I see they, the only other place I had ever seen that was was with Canna Boost and 
you know, tomato growers don't do things for their health. You know, they don't do things just you know, because of voodoo. They do things because it increases yield or increases quality or increases bricks, one of those three things. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man, so pretty interesting stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, one of the testaments to any to any product, to a degree, is if you have a commercial grow. I know, like, some of the repeat customers that, because uh, the way to grow handles a bit of the commercial accounts, out here in the the big Denver growing area, the warehouses and whatnot. And when you see, like, the big ass, like, you know, huge, I don't know how many gallons they are, containers, five, six gallons, then you get up into, like, the tote, not totes, but there's even a bigger, I think some companies even have, like, 30 gallons. But when you see companies buying that size in a product like Boost or whatever, and that's the kind of grow that is watching 100%. Ever down to the penny, you know, cost per gram of production. Yep. Like, okay, that's got to be doing some good shit there. Anyway. Yep. Let's move into Grow Talk, guys. Check out Way to Grow. Uh, any uh, seven stores here in Colorado. If you go to any of them, feel free to use Dude Grow's account. Uh, gives a little shout out to the the show. Helps us out, and we'll get you a discount as well. Hey, so, dude, man, the, the right. audio yep. engineer, you know, the guy that helps me with some of the audio uh, stuff, is actually an armed security guard over at the uh, at the dispensary. And he was telling me today. I'll talk a little bit more about it when what's growing on. But how like he has to do like they caught like this employee stealing like three ounces, and you have to go do like a. You know, where you have, what do they call it? An unfriendly term, a hostile termination is what he called it, man. I'm like, holy shit, man. For what? For, because the guy kind of jacked a few ounces from work, from a dispensary. Oh. Yeah, man. Uh, could you call it a hostile, hostile termination. termination? Yeah. And it was, it, it was interesting because I just started thinking about it, how like, yeah, that don't have shit to do with growing, man. That has to do with management. And it's. All right. Yeah. All right, anyway, sorry, man. Wednesday. You're right, man. Off track. So, uh, yeah, I was t- I talked to Scotty before the show. I'm like, all right, listen, man, 14 Grow Talk questions. Let's hit this shit. We're going to get through it here uh, without uh, – I don't mind sitting. I love sitting and talking on the mic. But after so Absolutely. long, it's like, oh, man, my, i got to move. i got to move. My body's meant to move. I'm standing right, up right so now, man. I, I can't even sit down, man. i got to keep the energy flowing, man. Central Cali Redneck 420 is given the image on this post because he, he designed some of his own watering tools. But this is t- uh, watering a scrog from uh, LED Larry, 3D, man. I think it's over on Google+. And basically, if you guys don't know what a scrog is, man, like all your plants are tied in there. You're not moving your plants around. They're up into a screen or multiple set of screens, and everything's set. I don't like growing like this because I like to be able to move my plants around, man. If I have a problem plant or every once in a while, I'll straight up pull all my plants out of the garden to work on them or to clean the garden or just whatever. I like my plants individually movable. I do too, man. Even if you move them a teeny tiny bit because the lights don't move. You know, normally in nature, you know, the the sun's sun's not really moving. But, you know, the earth is moving and it's just shifting or whatever. At least the... You're getting, you know, shading and whatnot. And if you don't move the plants a tiny bit, there's areas that just stay shaded. I'm looking at my grow right now, and I can see a big shaded area, man, because the the fan leaves, man. They're like fans. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, not to say, though, I've, I've consulted on a grow. This is like four or five years ago. And I got him to scrog all his shit out. It does. It did help yield because you're really taking advantage of your canopy when you try to fill up all those little square holes. Um, in a scrog and it can, can it can definitely and then when, when you're training if you're not super familiar with how to train and bend over and pinch your plants then it is nice to have a scrog there it gives you a lot of tie down it's awesome so, i ain't saying that there's anything wrong with it it's a way to get yield just think maybe about 
figuring out how you can move your light a couple inches, even if you just moved it a couple inches, you know, that, that'd be cool. Yeah, so the question, it says, anyone, is it anyone have an easy way to water soil under a scrog? I'm thinking of making a drip ring about out of 3 8 inch tubing and drilling holes, then add a funnel to water from above, you know? And if you look at the image on this post, this it was just like a designed, uh, um, you know, like, tube thing that central cali made that you could like it's a basically a funnel with a big extension that can lean into you see an image on this post i'm looking at it i don't see nothing well the you know this is the the, what happened is if you just go to it's interesting scotty it's very interesting (laughs) i just wonder if you go to having a hard time with the image man if you i know i'm you guys are gonna have to give me a little tutorial because basically i have uploaded images to most of these posts but you can only see them on dude grow, under grower questions you can see all the images you know what i mean i don't know if that's yes. like called a, if you click yes all right yeah, so got it you might want to you might want to refer to over there for a little bit fair enough anyway sir. you get creative with raw in your scrog i've i've gotten a little frustrated with getting into my tight room i have to do like a little you know like awkward bend like weird ass thing carrying a two-gallon container and i wanted to set up the um the Hydro Halos, which is a pre-made product with a bunch of drip holes, and it, you hook up half-inch line to it. I liked it because it's like, yeah, half-inch line's good. But, man, depending on how creative you are, there's a million ways to set up an irrigation system with drip whips. Um, like you said, drilling holes in your 3H, uh, 3-8-inch tube, I mean, with a funnel thing, that sounds fine to me, too. Uh, a watering wand. The wand is the shit, man. Those fucking DRAM, D-R-A-M, and even the imitation wands. Dude, those things work fucking awesome. They just put like a nice way a watering wand. They're like three bucks. Literally, uh, some of them can be spendy. I I came up. This is like the the uh, like the ultimate rigging. So a gr- grow hack, man. I was busting out of town and I wanted uh, my neighbor to be able to reach the back plant pretty easy. So I was like, okay. I grabbed like a, a five foot piece of bamboo and then put like uh, I said like gently so it didn't crimp. Um, used a few zip ties. I think he used a little tape just to get, attach a, a half-inch hose to it. And then I put a half-inch inline valve, you know, right at the base. That's right. on and off. And you attach that to a pump, and there's your there's your homemade watering wand, man, for real affordable. <laughs> it even yeah. has an on-off. All right. Anyway. I've gotten a nice – creative- I'll take a, a, a sump pump. You can buy these sump pumps for like 80 bucks at Home Depot. I can't remember, quarter horsepower, sixth horsepower. No, I think about a half horsepower. But you just attach a garden hose to it, man. And that is awesome. Like for the once-a-week treat when you're, when you're just doing uh, different things once a week, just have a separate reservoir. It depends. You know, for me, it's a 55-gallon drum. For someone else, it could be just a 16-gallon tub. And you take that and you put this, uh, you know, your big sump pump in there, and you have that watering wand, and you turn it on and off. Man, that thing works awesome, man. It's, it's almost like a rain like a rain effect it work, yeah. works really good as opposed that the, is one thing with irrigation man just be careful if you do water a lot you know into soil mixes with just one or two little watering like drip whip or what they're called or like little you know court you, you want to get good spread or at least once a week like you want to get in there and do the extra work and make sure you get a really good you know water the sides that this all over good surface area definitely not just having one stream of water continuing to hit the same spot yeah so. one dripper is not enough for anything bigger i would even say like a five gallon bucket i'd be doing three drippers on there if i'm using drippers because that way one can clog 
and uh, if all three of them are working, you're getting, you know, it's almost the same thing like a drip ring does, you know, because it'll spread a yeah. little bit, but it's not going to spread from, you know, the entire other side of the bucket, man, from one side to the other with just some little drip ring. It's, you know, I'm sorry, some little uh, dripper, rather. It's going to fall down before it goes laterally. Word. All right, moving on. Moving on to Subcool's soil recipe. Hey, altered. Real quick, real quick, just because I want to give them a solution, man. You can make your own little rings out of uh, half inch hydrofarm poly or whatever they call it, five eighths. You know, the little poly that you get. You can get 100, yeah. 100 feet of it. And you can just take one of those T's, make a ring out of it, and then just take a. Uh, uh, the heck do they call that stuff? It's just the, the scissors, you know, the scissors that we trim with, those Fiskers, and just push it through, and it makes, like, a nice big, you know, it doesn't, it, like, seals back up again, but then if you pressurize those things, they will slowly just weep out water really slowly, so that makes a nice little, it depends how many, if you just have one or two of them, uh, you don't need, uh-huh. you don't need a big giant pump for that, you can just use your regular MaxiJet type pump for that, man, so... Uh, LED Larry might be something to check out. If you need any more information, get with me. I'll make a video, man. Hold them to it, guys. Hold That's what it. I need anymore. I just need people to fucking be like, hey, Scott, did you make that video yet? Because, uh, yeah, man, because too much shit is coming up every day, man. Every day I wake up. Oh, uh, it reminds tons me. Tons of stuff. Uh, it's good guys, stuff, though. I think I got really almost completely caught up, actually. I did a lot of shipping for you members. Uh, over the weekend and it all went out today and I also um, I gave out some nugs where there's some errors I think if I got everybody caught up on nugs if you're not caught up on nugs if you if you missed you know for your meme uh, we're trying to get a little bit better with that and we are just let me know feel free to chime in guys you can send those things over to uh, dude grows at gmail if you're having a technical issue with the site guys don't forget to use the click here for help so it's a really good way to get that goes to our uh, our technician absolutely as well as puts us in the loop. But I have been messing right, with the on. site and uh, I kind of messed up yesterday a little bit. So the stickers, uh, the the buying the memes and the stickers. If you've made an order and haven't talked to me about it, I talked to Uncle Jim already. But get with me because it wasn't working right. I wasn't getting the orders. Everything should be good to go now. We should have the right pricing and all that. So. Uh, help me kick the tires on that. If there's any problems, let me know. But I've been playing around with the website, doing like an endless scroll type thing, uh, and just doing a couple different things. So as it progresses, you, you know it's a progression, man. So help me out, man. Give me y'all's opinion and let me know what's broken. All right. Now I'm going to say moving on, word, for like the fifth time. <laughs> Bottom line is if we keep getting, well, we'll have to end up doing sometimes. And we've talked about it before. If we end up getting too much, which how could there be too much grow talk? We're just going to have to have maybe a whole nother little session. Or you heard it. It spilled over into what's going on. So that's always, I like I liked that a little bit. I like grow talk and what's going on. So anyway. Can I just ask you cool one more question, altered. One more question, man. What? Was that what? the shit your brother gave you, man? <laughs> right. No, no. Hey, dude and Scotty. I'm still catching up on podcasts, so if you've had a show on this somewhere along the line, maybe you can point me to the right one. Uh, I have a long, lengthy email question about soil. This is my second year growing outdoors and raised bed. Last year, I started out with bagged soil and used liquid newts from Fox Farm. But liquid newts are spendy, and I was afraid of lockout, newt burn, and timing my flush. This year, I wanted to go all organic and use super soil recipe like the infamous, infamous subcools, where you are theoretically need to do is water the soil and it provides everything the plants need 
Here's Subcool's 2012 base soil recipe below, and here's what I'd like to do immediately after. Mind you, this is going in 8x4, or I prefer 4x8, raised beds outdoors. So this is uh, the original recipe, is eight large bags of a high quality potting soil with cocoa and mycorrhizal. So that's, you know, like roots, I don't know, roots organic, or there's a lot of options out there. Are, he just wants you to have a, yeah. a mix with cocoa potting soil. Are we letting them go, are we going through this whole thing one by one? Should I be jumping in or just let you hit the whole recipe? No, yeah, just just just, just let me hit it here. And then uh, you can jump in when we do the, uh, yeah, we'll see what he's adding. Yes, sir. I'll, and I'll, I'll blast these. So can he's got his basic, hey, what's up? I just want to tell you that you said Mike Rizzle, man, when I was researching this, man. This one guy called it Mike Corzai. That's my favorite, man. Mike Corzai. Mike Corzai? Oh, yeah. Nice. Mike Corzai. I haven't heard that one yet. So he's got eight bags of, uh, you know, a quality potting soil, cocoa, a cocoa mix potting soil. Coco Loco would be an example of something like this. Um, or Roots Organic. Then he's going to add five pounds of bone meal, fish bone meal, five pounds of bat guano, bloom formula, five pounds of blood meal, um, three-fourth cup of Epsom salt, some dolomite, some azomite, and some powdered humic acid. And then in the altar, this recipe, um, this is gonna, they're gonna, they want to do 10 bags instead of eight, no big deal. Two more extra bags. This is bottom layer. The soil I bought has Canadian sphagnum peat moss, compost, bark, fines, volcanic pumice, fishbone meal, ground oyster shell, blood meal, feather meal, alfalfa meal, and kelp meal. So that's what is already in his bought, you know, his pre-bought mix. And the one thing I noticed is there's no cocoa in it. And I'm becoming, you know, we're, we're becoming more and more fans of cocoa all the time. Yeah. I, that I want it in any mix to some degree. It just seems like, you know, I, I'd be mixing in probably at least 50. I'd go 50-50 with his peat moss compost here mix, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going to be using it for a while. Like I said, shout out to, to my buddy Jack over at uh, Jackpot. I was hanging out at his nursery a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And, man, we were talking about how people, are, big nurseries are using cocoa because as the peat breaks down, it goes acidic and it compacts. And those are two huge problems. If you can eliminate those uh, by using cocoa, you know, by finding a media that doesn't do that, God damn, man. So uh, I'm a fan of cocoa, man. I think everybody should be adding, I mean, in, in my nursery soil, it doesn't even cost that much for, I think, about $55 a yard. You know, I'm buying 60 yards at a time, but I'm getting like a 30 35% cocoa core in there. Well, I'll go into what other than what I just mentioned for Subcool's recipe they plan on adding the two extra bags of soil, and then also a little less bone meal, blood meal, but then they're going to add in green sand, diatomaceous earth, alfalfa meal, neem meal, and kelp meal, and uh, he'll be adding another 10 bags of roots organic soil as a top layer, in which, so oh, interesting. So he is going to have a cocoa mix on his top layer, in which his clones will be planted. So he's hoping he's going to have, you know, that roots organic, a good healthy clone, could go right into roots organic it's not a super hot soil i've even heard somebody popping seeds in it even though i wouldn't recommend that um and so that's not a bad idea right man he's gonna have that as his top layer and then so he's getting the idea of as growers once his plants try to mature more and the roots get down into that really enriched layer that the timing's right that's when they're gonna be maybe you know vigorous enough to, that's not gonna be too hot of a soil and then when they start to go into bloom they got their, you know, their bloom guano there and the high phos guano. This is the one, um, this the subcool super soil is where they do it in layers, right? You know, I don't know if he layers it. You know, he just wants, I believe, you to mix this all up. Gotcha. This, 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 yeah, this grower here is doing the 
like a, kind of like a enriched subcools recipe on the bottom layer, and then on the top he was gonna layer out the uh, roots organic. So I kind of like that might work out for him. I would not want to put a, a a clone directly in. And I'm kind of no. ignorant in this area. I mean, I don't I don't like super soils because I feel I don't have as much control. I do like the fact that you can just walk in and plain water a lot. But I think somebody, if you were to go try and get the most out of your plant and hit it from all different angles that uh, a cocoa grower is going to have more options but it's more work too i'm just so i'm just worried about this being heavy i'm saying 25 50 pounds of organic worm castings that is heavy stuff right there i actually have a bag of worm castings that's been sitting you know whatever i walk by it all the time and it is almost you know it's super fine so it's 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 very compacted very very yeah, but if you're adding that to eight eight 1.5 cubic foot bags you're all right right but what you got a lot definitely but what i'm saying is is maybe consider adding a little bit of cocoa to avoid compaction later on that's all yeah you know i'm looking at the the bone meal i guess what bone meal is what uh phosphorus a backwanos phosphorus blood meal has yeah it's a good source of nitrogen uh you got epsom salts is potassium i'm sorry what is that potassium what is that? Potassium phosphate? Epsom salts? I can't remember. Me neither. That's why I let other people mix right. my soil. The lime no, the lime for pH, I guess, to try to contain the pH. The azomite has the trace minerals and the humic acid because humic acid is good shit, man. I, I mean, I get it. Man, it makes sense. Cook. Put in the recharge, he says, and let the mix cook for 45 days. That's where you just put it in a container and... Let it uh, keep it covered, I believe, and you let it cook to to create more. Bre- I think it breaks down some of the things in there with the bacteria going to work and shit. I'm not entirely familiar with that process. Yeah, either. I would imagine the bacteria eat that blood and bone meal, and they get their bellies filled with uh, you know nitrogen and phosphorus, and uh, yeah, man, I think that I think that's kind of the idea. You know. So listen to this kind of this is kind of cool shit here. They go. I'm also planning on adding live red worms to the bed which we're not against. We discussed this just recently on a show. You're already adding some other castings, too. Adding some live worms ain't going to hurt anything at all. Hell no, man. Uh, That's just the soil food web, man. You've got all sorts. If you're doing that, you've got these microscopic bugs, and then you've got these medium-sized bugs. That's why people freak out when they get springtails in organic soil. They're like, holy shit, I got springtails. What's up? That's all part of the process, man. You know, And earthworms are just some of the biggest. And as this I dig on this part, and they also plan on adding or planting Dutch white clover to act as a living mulch around the ladies, which naturally retains moisture, adds and adds nitrogen back into the soil, improves soil tilth, and prevents weeds. I mean, I think that's a pretty sweet idea. I bet you that looked pretty cool. I'm gonna make a note of that Dutch white clover. That's interesting that it adds nitrogen back into the soil. Like I have no idea how that works with this plant. It's the first time I heard of this plant. The rhizobia like man. The living mulch, that's pretty sweet. That is a good idea to help retain moisture. Um, granted, it's not like a heavy, you know, they get really thirsty too, but I'm presuming the Dutch white clover doesn't have deep roots, and it creates a nice shade over the soil, and uh, I'm digging it, man. Just got to send me some pictures of this. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. So lastly, is there anything you would add, subtract, or adjust? We just mentioned I like cocoa. That. I, make- I think he was talking green sand, right? I don't know if a lot of people know about green sand, but it's another one of these like kind of trace, uh, you know, trace mineral type of things. I think like some potash, silica, you know, like uh, stuff like that, iron, that type of stuff. So uh, that's also a good thing to add to an outdoor grow. I know even the commercial guys down in Florida swear by that stuff. Them green sand. 
yes, sir. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it, guys. There's a million different ways to grow. The only reason I don't do a super soil is just because one, I don't want, I really don't want to mix all that stuff up. And but you know what? I tell, I'm sure I'm going to be doing it. The way it's been, my grow has been changing so radically since starting the Dude Grow Show, just with the ability to try different products and almost it's like not just the ability, but the responsibility. Man, I was sitting in my garage just the other day doing some work, and I was like, you know, I had uh, cleaned out my rooms and and have some good updates on Wednesday's show. But it's like, man, those two, even if I didn't want to, which I want to, I got to keep growing in those rooms and I got to keep growing different ways and bringing, you know, that's the way to keep bringing knowledge and, uh, and shit to the show. So absolutely it's fun like that. Hey, I got one thing to say, man, is when it comes to soil, really just one, when it comes to soil and you're buying your soil, uh, you don't, I don't believe in paying extra for the, the one with mycorrhizae in it. I'm not a huge fan. I seen. A uh, buddy of mine, the guy that sells me my soil 80 yards at a time, kind of laughs about the, I hope I'm not outing him, I guess not, uh, kind of laughs about, you know, he says it's a, like one pound per 200,000 pounds of soil that they're putting in of inoculant. And so yeah, it's really there's low a rate. low concentration in most of those. It's mostly just a marketing thing. Uh, when it comes to mycorrhizae specifically, but soil bacteria, you want to get it near the root zone, near the rhizosphere. So when you plant, you know, when you plant is when you start using bacteria and fungi heavy. Uh, specifically, right when your plants are really young, whether the seeds just, you know, like mycorrhizae is something you can use literally when the plants are popping out of their seed husk. You know, the, the professional growers, they actually just treat the seeds with mycorrhizae and then they get an inoculation that way right from the start but you want to inoculate your roots you don't want to inoculate your soil you'll go broke inoculating your soil and it really is a waste just to throw really good mycorrhizae uh, into the soil where it takes a root has to actually make contact with that spore in order for that spore to wake up so why not dump a shitload of spores right on the roots or soak your roots in millions of spores you know, as as yeah. as opposed to as you know, or even like, and I'm saying you could do that with recharge when the plants are young. A lot of people like to roll their plants in that mycos. That's like live, you know, live uh, uh, mycorrhizae right there. But think about that's going to be much more effective than going and spending a couple hundred bucks and taking a you know a hundred dollars worth of of recharge or whatever and throwing it in the soil. You're way better putting it in the irrigation water once you start it up. Man. Just my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Just my opinion, man. No, I. I, I agree with that. I mean, it can, it's not a bad thing, but yeah, you want to, you just want to make sure if that's what's being marketed, how much is in there and uh, what's going on. But we got a big fight, man. The 315 LEC versus the 600 watt HPS. The 600 right. watt, man. Shit. You know what happens? You go up and wait, man. Didn't Conor McGregor just learn what happens when you go up and wait, man? Oh no, man! I don't even know. Was there that fight? Did that fight happen? That fight did happen, man. Crazy shit going on. The pothead won, bro. The guy that's like, yeah, Who's the fuck you. I smoke weed, man. Uh, Nate Diaz, Nick and Nate Diaz, man. They're uh. So Nate Diaz was versus Conor McGregor. Yep. Is what you're saying? Yeah, man. Okay, because wasn't Joe Rogan a pretty big fan of Conor McGregor? Everybody was. He was fucking hilarious, man. He, st- I still am, man. He talks shit, man. Mad shit, man. And uh, he's just funny guy, likable dude, man. Was it a good fight, or did he get whipped up on? It was a good fight, man. He got whipped up on at the okay. end, though, man. The very end. Anyway, where he actually this is lost. A, this is a lighting fight. Okay? Very sudden. So I asked. Uh, a few shows ago, I was like, anybody growing the 315s, chime in, man. Let me know what's up. So we got to chime in from Dean here. He says, they are, are as good as a 600-watt HPS for harvest. What? They're light spread. Shut your mouth. 
he says their light spread, referring to the 315s, in the sun system's hood are a little bit less than a normal 600-watt hydroform air-cooled hood. Right. But, so, so you're saying you're getting a little light light spread. Well, but think we're about what he just said, air-cooled, man. All of a sudden, dude, that ain't no myth. We asked the Hortolux guys about that. You know, pull out 15% from your, from your glass. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, that's why I'm, for the first time in ever, I've been able to grow here this past three, I think three grows now, with my uh, bare, bald hoard, bare, bare bulb, bare bulb, Hortolux 600, and yeah, I, I do agree that there, everybody that's a professional in the lighting industry that we've spoken with agrees there's a definitely percentage loss. Think about 15%, that 600 just became a 500, man. Yeah, I don't know if I put, I don't know what I, anyway, he goes, but they're getting the exact same result with the LEC as a 600. The plants look healthier all the way through their growth as well. So he was, Dean was just chiming in. I mean, and I don't know what to say, you know? I mean, that, that, I mean, a three by three like area, a, you know what I mean? If that's what you're trying to get out of a 600 is a three by three. I mean, we know that a, th- a 315 does a great job on a three by three. I mean, what was the captain getting? I mean, there's a lot of guys when we're talking numbers. There is a lot of variances. There's a lot of growing styles. There's a lot of different strains, but it's so don't take it. You there's know, variances. There's he, variations. There's variables. I man. think the captain got like 22 ounces or something, didn't he? Off his of 600 when we were doing guess the weight. We did a guess the weight contest. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. All right, here's the next question out to you, if Dean. If you're, how, what, what, what are you guys averaging out there? Are there any of you guys production growers with 315s? Can you get above 20 ounces with a 315? Um, and that's not the end Jesus, all. Jesus, that's know. 60 yeah. ounces per 1,000 watts, man. Yeah. I, I, I think there's some, I'm not going to say hoopla, but there's a lot of different factors. All right. That's cool, crazy. man. Thanks for the report. I appreciate it. When I put something out there for you growers, if you have information, please share it. It's great to hear back. Uh, if you're a member, or not even a member, just go over to dudegrows.com. If you're logged in. You can click on the new and just can create a new post. Uh, that's how we're getting all these Grow Talk questions on here, almost all of them. Or else just uh, click submit. You know, maybe you, you don't want to become uh, a user as far as you don't become a user, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you don't want to put your email over to logintodudegrows.com, which we don't do a damn thing with anybody emails other than I email everybody when their questions on the show and tell them I do do that. So maybe right. I, I do spam. <laughs> anyway, that's a great way to get us grow talk. So let's hit another one here, Scotty, before did you add in a little bit of humic acid talk here? It looks like maybe. Oh, I just a little, um, little show notes for myself, sir. Okay, let's do recharge. Let's do this one first. Um, oh, this is the show notes for this question. Yeah, recharge. Man, yeah, cool, man. This is from Vague. Let's do a little vague. pre-show prep, man. Uh, I'm gonna say Vague, <laughs> Veg, even though there's no e there. Scrog Bloom, um, and sorry for the delay because we missed this question. Veg Scrog Bloom is an artist, man. An art. Oh my God! Look, is is, is uh, Bob Ross is his profile pic, man? Fuck yeah. Damn straight. All right, guys, I have a new uh, a grow question, but it's a question on fruit trees. What, man, this is a weed. No, I'm just kidding. A <laughs> uh, question on fruit trees. I finally got my wife to try the recharge on her trees. The thing is, here in Arizona, we have a lot of clay in the ground, and I want the recharge to show its full potential. So what else can I do? My wife is stubborn when it comes to her garden, and she only wants organic. Oh, and how much recharge should I use on one-year-old trees? They are on four feet high and unhealthy. 
thanks for your time. All right, Mr. Recharge, what do you got? Yeah, man, if I had some some uh, trees like that, I would be doing it every couple weeks, man. You know, just keep a water. And they're already planted, though. Yeah. Isn't the issue here going to be the amount of clay? Isn't that kind of tough to... Uh, you so know, they're already planted in a heavy clay soil, which kind of right. stinks. Yeah, well, so yeah, but what's well, the option? Uh, I th- yeah, I mean, definitely I would use it. I mean, you're going to have to feed them as well. But I think give them some food and give them, a, I'd say, every two to three weeks. And use it, you know, the teaspoon per gallon. You know, I think that's, a, you know, so you get a two-gallon watering can. You know, if you want to go a little bit heavier, you can. If you want to put a tablespoon, which is... Uh, 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 like three teaspoons into, uh, you know, like two gallons of water, fill that two gallon watering can up every two weeks, maybe give it a little bit of liquid feed, you know, you know, need some kind of food. So either a slow release granular or a little bit of, you know, a couple capfuls of, of something, you know, 20, 20, 20 or something just to get it going. I, you know, I, I don't really know specifically, I guess, yeah, 20, 20, 20, it'll be all right. You can't really go wrong with it, giving it, giving it steak, potatoes and, uh, Man, and what else, man? A little dessert, man? I don't know. And what'd you say you're gonna do? They're gonna feed the 2020. I got you. Got to feed these things. You're coming in the season, man. If you want them to grow, you got to give them a little. For sure. But would you treat it the same? My my mentality is if I have a struggling cannabis plant. I still would feed, but it's going to be pretty light. He's saying these trees don't seem healthy. So they could be starving, them, though, man. You'd be surprised that a lot yeah, of times you, gotta, you, you just people are like, oh, man, yeah, I, I didn't really think about feeding it, you know? you got to feed them bitches, man. Yeah, they usually respond. Well, obviously, you know your, your, your feeding schedule and what you have done, so, you know, feed accordingly yep. with Recharge. And tell us about this humic acid jazz. Like, I was just reading some of it. What's up? It, it'll help the compaction. Yeah, you know, humic acid has always been known to be really good for uh, for clay soils, and it breaks up. Uh, they say it breaks it up. It allows like the water to penetrate a little bit better, um, and uh, you know, of course, that helps with with nutrients and all that stuff. So, but yeah, nu- nutrient ugh. <laughs> humic acid uh, is definitely something good to use on clay soil, man. And long term, it does it does break up clay soil a little bit. Uh, soil biology again will will break up clay soil as well because what will happen is if you can get that uh, mycorrhizae to grow on the plant roots uh, a lot of times it depends on the plant but if it's an ectomycorrhizae it'll start growing and pushing these like little they look like fungus roots they're 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 that's what mycorrhizae means it means fungus root but it's going to be pushing these long fungal strands and it actually breaks up the soil and it uh gives a little bit of aeration you know Guards against compaction. So I, I would say get a liquid product in addition to recharge, since you're in a bat, you're 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 in a situation already that's stressed. I mean, I know there's humic in there, humic and fulvic in recharge. Yep. Yeah, definitely. No, but I, I don't think you need any additional humic acid in there aside from what's in in the recharge. But I would just use okay. that a little bit more frequently. But just get something like a uh, a food. You know, what I mean, we're just bringing recharge gets the the nutrient absorbed. It keeps the nutrient. Uh, you know, in the soil so it can be absorbed, makes it available, keeps, you know, stores it in this absorbable form. But you still got to have food in there for the, for the bacteria to eat. Uh, if you don't, they're going to, they will survive, but it's just not, you know, it's, uh, you can really help along the process no matter what you're growing by giving it a nice diet of nutrition. Yeah, I'm down. With all that uh, jiving, we should probably take, take our first break of the show deal yeah, what is that uh, question 12 man yeah right in your mind quattro <laughs> uh, i believe so we'll be right back guys check it all out over dudegrows.com come hang out you can look at all these questions here 
that we're talking about. And if you know an answer or have a comment, please go over there and put a comment on it and uh, let us know what's up. And we will be right back after this brief message. Oh. I was going to say commercial break, but I hate the word commercial. got to get over that. Huh? Whoa, man. Whoa. They pay for your entertainment, man. All right. We'll be right back, guys. All right. They tried to take away my recharge, and I said no, no, no. Yes, I grow the day. That's just like money in the bank. I'm in the no, oh, oh. Come on and do yourself a favor. Some dangness that you can savor Cause I'm growing top shelf with Recharge The proof is in the smoke Recharge is a natural soil conditioner that takes the guesswork out of growing The secret is in the biology Recharge loads your soil up with organic beneficials that store and deliver nutrients to the plant as needed In traditional or organic gardening Recharge makes growing amazing quality simple the time to buy seven bottles when one's just fine. Why you try to take my recharge when you can get your own? We about to smoke some weed up in here. I will say before we hop directly back into the Grow Talk real quick, just so people know how we were talking about getting some different, uh, so we're getting some catering going on, man. People are going to be up smoking at the DGC Cup. We know they're going to get some munchies. So like, let's get some, let's get some catering on. And we have been having some people help out. And, um, you know, there's one store brought up for catering. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm not so sure I want to go with that. You know, I don't give a shit, man. I'll say it. I, I wasn't too down on the Walmart catering um, <laughs> without going without going any deeper. So I was like, you know, we're not going to go for broke here. And, and I'm getting uppity. I'm like, we're, we're looking at the Whole Foods catering now, man. But <laughs> I wanted to do it. Dude's uh, taking, dude's taking this, 80 of us to Whole Foods, man. I'm smoking before I go, <laughs> this man. This is, uh, you know, our first, uh, it's, our, it's our first GGC Cup with, you know, I'll give it a proper venue. The fuck is a kid's anyhow, almost, man. Probably almost proper uh, organization. We'll see after the event's over, but I think it's all working out pretty good. So I was like, you know what? Let's get. And we've been having fun planning it, you know. So I was like, let's get. Uh, let's get some of this. We're like, oh, we'll get some cold uh, like appetizer tray too. I'm like, dude, I don't want to. Scotty's like, yeah, let's get some chicken fingers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, dude had a reminder like, that, I, that I don't normally eat at Walmart, and I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't normally eat at Walmart. <laughs> 
I was oh, like, shit. dude, I don't want to get too much hot food because then you got to worry about keeping it uh, warm and shit. And, he, and this is like true trailer park, trailer park boy style, like Ricky, except it's Scotty. He's like, man, it, it ain't nothing wrong with a cold chicken finger. Doesn't taste bad. Absolutely, like, man. <laughs> oh, I, and I'm not I that ain't up. too good to get high and eat a pizza. cold chicken finger, man. It, but it makes it sound to me like it, it's a warm memory you're feening. You're like, man, I'm so high and hungry right now. This cold chicken <laughs> That's right. tastes good. That's right, man. Anyway, They've done me right, man. Dip it in some ranch. <laughs> All right. I thought you guys might get a kick out of that. So let's get, let's get going with more of the show, if you will. The dude stopped us all from about... eating at Walmart, man. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure officially uh, we haven't priced it out yet, but I think we can throw down on some... Some Whole Foods catering, man, and you could be all uppity about it. <laughs> My boy Jay put a uh, a post that was like from the Seminole Hater Facebook group, and it was like making fun of the Tallahassee Walmart, man, and it was pretty funny, man. It was all these crazy stretched out tats and, you know, oh, man, just the craziest chicks, man. The Tallahassee Walmart, man. Sounds good. I might, I might have to go one day. Well, this is in uh, from Grody Jody. Dr. Earth Homegrown Soil is the brand um, Grody Jody's inquiring on. Dude and Scotty just got turned on to your show. I currently reside within the Bible Belt line in a prohibition state. Dun, dun, dun. I grow outdoors and have used ProMix, for, uh, but was wondering if anyone has ever used the Dr. Earth for any outdoor grows with any results. Thanks again. And I haven't used i think i've seen this this brand around look um yeah there's a there's a reason why like we're not bought and paid for so we can say whatever the fuck we want man but this looks like a very expensive very well marketed mix and i'm just not sure that it has to be this complicated man you might be able to do a little bit better with a block of cocoa core some castings uh some of that green sand and azimite you know i mean might might do better than this man because I think there's a, I see a lot of like brand name, like what do they call that? I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it, but like self certifications and things like that. Two sides of the sword, man. I'm seeing here like, you know, I'm not looking at shipping. It looks like a Dr. Earth bag, a 1.5 cubic foot bag, common size, um, you know, 15 bucks, 14 bucks. And as far as, you know, they're saying no GMOs, no chicken manure. No biosolids, aka sewage sludge. Right. Which I, I hope I know. Not many people are using that. No, there but is, anyway. man. When you try to buy like uh, organic fertilizer, <laughs> they'll try to sell you, you domestic sludge, which is millorganite, and then they'll try to sell you Chinese sludge, man. And you're like, holy shit! You can really get Chinese sludge? Yep. That's like quarter of the price. Yep. You smell organites like two oh grand a uh, ton. I want to say maybe, maybe no. I think thirteen hundred. And uh, the Chinese sludge is seven hundred dollars, man. And so they're saying that this is a good uh, soil for you know potting, etc. And it's got earthworm castings, cold water kelp meal, wild caught fish pone meal. I love some of these words. Wild. No, I just fish see a little meal. bit too much of that bullshit. Like true biotic, yeah. which is a registered. And I go, what is true biotic? And it says true biotic is the life and intelligence inside. I'm, now, but hey, does this, that he's in the Bible Belt. If this 1.5 cubic foot bag's available to you, probably I'm assuming at your local nursery or seeing it at a little hardware store somewhere. Right. Go for it. If you don't want to go buy the other ingredients to make your own soil, I think the soil would work dandy. I, Just looking at it and reading it. Um, just seems boutique yeah. as a motherfucker, man. You know what I mean? You could go out and buy that. Right. I Pricing's think it, okay. I think at Home Depot, you can buy the bales. You know, those uh, those compacted bales of, it's like 
it's I think it's just straight peat, and you can buy big things of perlite there. Dude, I would not I, buy many planting mixes. I've I've gone to Home Depot in a pinch to look through what they got, and it's like, dude, this shit sucks. And it's been a couple years since I've done it, so it might be changed now, but. I wasn't down, not with their peat, not with any of the crap there. Yeah, there's some some crap there, but there's like there's some commercially viable stuff if you need to get it. You know, you can go buy a, you can go find something with peat, you know, or you can find probably just a bale of peat. I'm pretty sure. But what about Amazon? Just ordering some cocoa bricks on Amazon. Uh, at least I don't know. I guess this is all right, man. I guess, I guess it's all right. Yeah, it's why just, are you trying to reinvent the wheel? It just dude? seems boutique, man. It's, if you're just doing a couple plants, it'd probably be all right. You just don't like the label? The label's just too I just see so many brand things on there. It. You know, it's pro moisture <laughs> hydration, which means they put moisture crystals in it, you know, and then it has a true biotic inside and Myco Apply certified, you know. And I, that, shit, that, was, yeah. that shit ain't free, man. Usually when they do all that, it's because they want to charge you a whole bunch of money for something. So if you need a couple bags, man, you're probably all right. If you're looking to do any kind back. of scaling up, I think you could build yourself a better soil uh, with earthwork. Back in yep. the day, a bag's of ocean forest. And still at places, not here in Colorado because of the competitive market we have, but ocean forest would be like twenty five ninety nine. And, you know, but then it came to, like, you know, Way to Grow is one of the first. They started slinging it for $15, and it pissed off a whole bunch of other stores. Uh, just, you know, it's like, damn, man, that's, like, just above cost. But regardless, there are still some pretty premium ones out there that I don't want to spend, like, over $20 a bag typically. You know, a can of cocoa retails at 19 typically. But regardless, if it's by you and you can find it and it works – Go for it. Good point, Scotty. It is easy to order. People do forget about cocoa bricks are pretty small, and they expand out. And um, then maybe you just buy earthworm castings, you know. You don't necessarily have to have all that stuff in your soil that they're saying. Yeah, I would mm. I would think that. And then I would just think a good the first time you water with recharge, you're going to be putting way more uh, bacteria and fungi in that soil than ever, you know, a thousand times more than you just purchased. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know, man. It just just looked to me like I, I don't. know. I'm a marketing guy, man. So I see marketing stuff everywhere. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just well, means it's well marketed. <laughs> this is from uh, next one here. Transport Optic Foliar's Transport versus EasyWet? Question mark from Department of Transportation, Mike. Yes. How's it going, at DOT, Mike? Hey, fellas, I've been using Growmore's EasyWet for a couple seasons now, primarily with the following products, Asimax, Jumpstart, and Growmore Fish and Kelp. Money, money, money. I like it. As far as I understand, by the way, guys, those products and many fine others can be found at realgrowers.com. Yeah. All right. As those far are as really I great things to foliar, too, man. Just make a note, man. Kelp especially, the kelp and fish, man. Bam, Jumpstart, got that tricanthinol. Fucking works great as a foliar. Azimax for a little IPM mixed to bugs. They don't like yep. they don't like the taste of that shit, man. Um, he's saying easy wet. As far as I understand, easy wet is a wetting agent or sticker spreader. That, this is correct. That this coats your leaves by spreading out the liquid while also preventing big drops that simply roll off. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. While listening to an older episode, Dinesh from Optic Foliar explained how transport opens up the layer of the leaves. That would be the mesophilic layer. Um, or maybe mesoph- just mesophil. I don't know if it's mesophilic or mesophil, but it opens up that shit. <laughs> and it opens up the leaves and allows the solution to enter the second layer where it can be easily absorbed into the plant within 15 to 20 minutes. On top of that, he said you do not have to spray the undersides of the leaves. To me, this sounds a little too good to be true. I'm already thinking of how nice it would be 
to not having spray the underside of the leaves for spider mite issue. I'm certainly not trying to bash Dinesh or the product. He is infinitely smarter than myself. Uh, merely saying, if all this is true about transport, why would I ever buy Easy Wet again? Ooh, look at this. Uh, I'm, I guess you could say they each do slightly different things. But as Jacob would say, with the price of lettuce going down, growers are looking at all their costs very closely. I'm trying to consolidate or eliminate anything that may be duplications in my nutrient lineup. So I ask you guys, which product would you use and why? Is there anything I'm missing or misunderstanding? I'm pretty sure transport is more expensive than Easy Wet. So I guess we have to consider that when examining these two products, is it worth it to run both or necessary? Thanks for any advice you guys can give me. I really appreciate you guys and proud to be in the DGC. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, man. What do you got, Scotty? He wants to answer this question directly, okay? Don't play a politician with it. No, okay, Just I'll answer yes it directly. Or no, and why? Uh, I think that... Does he need to use both, or which no, one, and why? No, they're both sticker spreaders, uh, but I think that, or at least that, you know, Danish is, it looks a little soapy, it looks like a sticker spreader, but he must have some kind of secret ingredient in there that he's not telling us about that uh, pierces the, the mesophyll layer. So, you know, he must have something that softens it or opens it. And, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, he tells you a little bit about it, but he's not telling us, you know, anything, you know, anything about what it is. But that's got to be what it is, man, because it, you know, it, it looks just like soapy water, man. You know, and that's what a sticker spreader well, looks like, you know. I'll tell you what, what I do and why. I have both these products and I would have both these products and pest management. If you're going to run into an issue, it's nice to have a multitude of products. And I actually called Dinesh right when we got this question and said, hey, here's the deal, man. If I go into my garden, I'm real. I mean, I have been trained. I, I do not. If I see spider mites, like when we had some spider mites on the DGC mother plant that I got from Scotty, <clears throat> um, then basically I can't. My brain tells me I have to spray something on Absolutely. them. And didn't. Dinesh said that, look, if you're, if you, obviously, if you walk in your garden and you have an infestation, that's one thing. If you've identified spider mites, you know, you got your 10 to 15, maybe 20%, they're not overtaking the plants, and you want to go and mix a neem, let's say, or you want to mix green cleaner, another, it's gotten a popular product out there. Right. Uh, any type of different pest control product with transport and only spray the tops of the leaves. He's like, look at it like this. You're going to get that product into the plants, you know, analogy here, bloodstream. And what's going to happen is those spider mites are going to take more bites of the underside of the leaves, and then they're going to be administered the Azimax and die from the inside out or whatever else you're using. Now, I would recommend if you have a problem and you're battling spider mites, sure, spray the hell out of everything, of course. But it's a good point, man. You're getting it in systemically. That's what it's like to me, getting it in a plant's bloodstream. And he said, he's he's like, yeah, I'm perfectly com comfortable having you tell all the listeners that. You do not have to spray the bottom of the leaves. Don't be confused if you have an infestation or a continuing battling problem. But when you're doing your IPM sprays or you've identified a small problem, you don't have to go ape shit. And that's the advantage of transport. You can spray with the lights on and you don't have to spray the, the bottoms of your leaves. Now, next time you do your next, you know, you, you'll say you saw spider mites. You're doing your every three-day sprays. Do the easy wet with something else like mix the, instead of the transport do some of the easy wet with it like you got to alternate between products that's why i say it's nice to have i mean you don't have to man you, you should be alternating between you're, you're political man products. you're political everybody's happy in your little family huh 
<laughs> the, what are you talking about? The, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, exactly. The easy, the easy way. Cause, yeah, man, I guess. I think he's asking, you know, you know, which one does he need both, man, you know? I don't think you need both. I end up using Easy Wet a little bit more because it's cheap, man. So Easy Wet is kind of my primary IPM. Anytime that I foliar, because it's a surfactant, it's going to break down the, the surface tension of the water, let it lay, you know, so it doesn't drip, drop off, uh, and stays on the plant. It's got that yucca extract in there that's, uh, you know, th- that's what's responsible for that. I like using it all the time. I've got to get... Uh, I've got to do a foliar every, what, twice a week, three, you know, every three days or so anyway. I'm always looking for a reason to foliar. For me to go take a, uh, and in a gallon, I'll actually take 10 to 50, you know, like a, almost a tablespoon of Easy Wet. I make that, I put that shit nice and heavy on there, and I feel like it's my IPM. Like, it keeps the bugs away if there's any, if there's any bugs on the plant that is kind of getting them uh, before they start, you know, before the infestation starts. Uh, so I love using that stuff all the time the time i have used transport uh you know pretty frequently honestly and i think that i don't know i don't know if Danish sold me i'll I'll have to get him back on the show but i feel like uh i'm getting the nutrition you know the jump start the kelp things like that into the plant not onto the plant but into the plant and i feel like there's some kind of secret that he's you know secret sauce he's not telling us about and probably won't Come on out to the DGC Cup, man. Yeah. You can ask the man himself. Yeah. He'll be hanging. Yeah, definitely. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. You know, if he's got some secret, you know, in- ingredient or whatever that, that pierces that mesophilic lever- layer or opens it up, I could see why he wouldn't be telling every single person so they could copy it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah much love to him. But that's, that's kind of in, in a nutshell. I feel like the uh, Easy Wet gets the, the – lays the uh, nutrition or, or, or lays the foliar, lays the water – on top of the plant and gets it to stay on the plant so it can be absorbed. Um, the stomatas, I would say, have to be open, and yet if and but it does, doesn't have anything to do with that mesophilic layer that he's that he's taught us about. And I don't know anything about this. I'm regurgitating what uh, Danish has told us, but he's telling us that uh, what he's got in his in his uh, transport opens up that layer, and you know allows nutrition to come on in. So that's kind of beating the system. Yes, it is. Now I will give you the mid-show warning. We are halfway through our Grow Talk questions. Right. We're an hour into the show. so cool. <laughs> That's the part where I start well, smoking. If we do run out of time, we'll have to continue them over onto uh, Wednesday. I wish, I wish I had all the time in the world, but uh, let's try and, try and boost it up a little bit here. I'm talking about powdery mildew now. All right? I know Scotty's going to want to chime in with his, pro- his new UV light uh, products for powdery mildew. Uh, so basically, I've had powdery mildew problem for the second time in a row and never had PM before. I'm not sure why I'm getting it. I'm keeping all my temps, fans, and exhaust running the same, but I'm getting IPM outbreaks on two of my plants. What's the best method for treating them in week five? Looking to harvest in week nine. What's the best product to treat my clones and vegging plants? I know Scotty hates the smell of sulfur burners, but should this be done after harvest two? It's 420 somewhere. <laughs> Ends it with it's 420 somewhere. Love it. Oh, hey, nice. you know, I was talking. Keep in mind, guys. I was talking to uh, uh, Sir Smokes a lot, man. He was telling me that he hung out with the Procure, talked to the Procure guys for a little bit. And that's that, like, chlorine gas. That's kind of the same thing. You treat the whole, whole room with it. And uh, that might be a cool thing to treat with. I think it might be a little cleaner than the sulfur. Um, 
just something I think it's what P-R-O-K-U-R-E I'm going to see if I can get him on the show learn a little bit more about it but um, yeah definitely yeah, and then there's I'm trying to learn about this, these UV sterilizers man uh, I believe that people are fighting mildew with UV sterilizers I saw an article somewhere yeah they have a handheld one They I forgot man I forgot the name of it. <clears throat> I think it's just called, maybe, maybe it's the handy light they sell it at Way to Grow I got I got to inquire too. I mean, it's like you walk through your garden, and then the UV just kills the PM. Like it just seems. No, what I'm thinking like about too, is uh, sci-fi is uh, circulating the air. Maybe you put the UV sterilizer over your air conditioner intake or something like that. Oh well, yeah, they have inline UV sterilizers <laughs> right. for sure. I know T- Temp needs Todd's installed one of those, so I, you know I can ask his opinion on it as well. They use those. I, I, that in in a sense, it should kill all the spores. If you have an intake from outside, you should be filtering that one way or another. Regardless, I, I, I think that you were going to find that, you know, f- placing, you know, finding the you know the right number of them and putting them around and then circulating the air around uh, is going to be an effective way to kill those spores. Well, what I would do since I don't have the you, well, I'll just tell you what I've done. Uh, week five in flowering, your flowers are formed enough to where you don't want to start spraying anything too funky on them. Anything that's too there's definitely. The essential oils, if you will, market has gotten huge in pest control with lemongrass and rose this, that, and everybody's got a different product with different essential oils in it. And some of those work good. Some of them smell really strong, and I'm not comfortable spraying that strong of a smell onto my flowers once they get past a certain point. You know, week five is getting pretty damn close, if not for sure. So when I had it breaking out on a Citrix from Reserva Provada Genetics, it just seemed to like that plant, and it kept coming uh, back and flowering and I had t- I had two weeks left in my grow so it was a little bit later than you I I couldn't beat it but I just I had to maintain it now what if and you I altered okay sorry about that. go ahead now what if you hung a UV sterilizer light over that thing and turned it on for an hour I don't know we should get that that company on and see what's there's up there's a ton I, of generic using, ones man there's you know Phillips and GE you can buy the bulbs that'll fit into an 18 inch T5 fixture or T8 fixture you know an old school like under the counter shop light or something like that. Yeah, true, true. Um, let's we'll 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 put, let's put that in our notes to figure out. I'll do that now. We'll, we'll get some more answers because I'm a little ignorant in that area. I'm, I'll I make a video. I, I bought one on Amazon Saturday morning. Was watching Scarface buying shit on Amazon Prime. Man, having a good time. But uh, so so when it comes, I'll I'll we'll let the DGC know what's up and we'll see see what's up, man. Maybe somebody's already tried it. I've used. Optic Fuller's ATAC, when you open up the ATAK, ATAC from them, it, it one, it smells like pretty much almost like nothing. I liked that. And my flowers didn't have any issue handling it. It has, I believe, a slightest amount of copper in it. Maybe this, I'm not positive if it has the slightest amount of sulfur. I'd have to double check the label, but if it did, I couldn't smell anything. Mainly, though, my flowers handled it fine. I used that like every third day, and then I'd alternate simply, which I've said before in the show, with water. That was at a pH of 9 or 9.5. If you live by a health food store you can, and you don't have a pH meter, you can buy water typically that's at 9.5 because it's some type of thing for people that the health people say it's better oh, for I you. Oh, I only drink that's alkaline really water. Exactly. It, hey, but it, it didn't beat it. Like, it didn't kill it. But after I did a spray of either of those products, one's water and the other one mixed in was the copper, I, I'd, it would go away. It would go away for like three four days but i knew it'd creep back here or there it just it, that pm creeps like that man. sure it sucks. sure it's like damn i got rid of it now it's creeping back but that's i would just keep on top of your plants 
prune them up if they're thick at all make sure you got decent air movement back there so when you are spraying that you're hitting all spots and really look hard you want to access that plant to be able to walk around it or move it all around because this powdery mildew always seems to have that leaf you forgot back under over there under that leaf that was folded over this leaf right so therefore you didn't see it and it didn't get sprayed so then it doesn't matter you haven't killed all your spores or really deterred them yep uh, we've mentioned using silica before in your watering regimen. That's a good help. And uh, as far as treating your, your younger cloning, clone and vegging plants, I'm down with vegging plants for sulfur burning if you want to. Um, also, there's uh, actinovate. There we go. I couldn't think of it the other show. There's a product called actinovate, which is a bacteria-based product that's a foliar spray that works fairly well in powdery mildew. Again, you got to keep, you know, you keep on it. That's all. It's like the... Keep on it, man. How do you beat PM? Keep on it. Right. And sometimes you won't beat it. You just get to harvest, and then you have to go to a thorough-ass cleaning. But once it gets into your flowers, man, that's 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 Yeah, definitely. No yeah, Actinovate is a bacteria, so you want to make sure you don't use that too close to flowering. Uh, there's also Serenade, which, like I said, everybody has a rapid smelling like uh, dirty gym socks. Uh, they reformulated that, and I believe they, they may have fixed that. Uh, but I think they also sold to Monsanto and uh, maybe abandoned the hydroponics industry. So I don't know if you can find Serenade so easy anymore, at least not the new I stuff. I think you probably can. Yeah? Okay. I, I, was, I, don't I think liked I that this. product. I didn't know um, fully that they, whatever. I, I, I would still... Find another product that had that bacteria in it, because I'm sure there is. I think it was one of those things where the, that, that Monsanto re-engineered it, man. And it's pretty, you know, it's pretty high-tech shit. No, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> right. but you know what I'm saying. Oh, hopefully man, that, the door swings both ways, brother. Hopefully that helped. Keep your environment proper. Keep your intakes clean. Don't go over to other people's gardens and come back to your garden without changing your clothes and showering. And think about all the different ways you could be getting that in there. You start working quick. You know, for me, gardening outdoors and indoors in the summer and spring, and I start running in and out of grow rooms and my clone area, and then I'm outside trying to prune a tree that has a bush that has mildew, and you just cross-contaminate without even thinking of it. So be careful of all that. Diggity. You know? Huh? Diggity, Where's man. Diggity. Case? You caught me hit, hitting right, the diggity, source vape, man. Oh. Diggity, diggity. Yeah. So what you got, man? What you got? go on to... Uh, Roots Organics. All right, we can hit this one. I think we can hit this one pretty quick here. Roots Organics, a brand, Soil, Liquid Newts, or actually a parent, I don't want to say parent company, but Aurora Innovations, I guess, would be your main company. Uh, it says, dude, this is from Jay Smalls. And I'm going to give Jay Way Smalls. to Grow a shout-out, man. I just uh, recorded uh, the new Way to Grow Pandora commercial, so I know that uh, Roots Organic is going It's going to be really cheap in April, man. So go check it out, man, if you need a bunch of roots. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. They got, they, got, the, they got all their soil on sale coming up, man. So good time to stock up starting April 1st. All right. Hell yeah. So Jay Small says, dude and Scotty, this is Jay. Thanks for the feedback on episode 222 in regards to soil versus cocoa and newts. Like I said before, my clones were looking deathly. I hit them with Recharge, Super Thrive, and some pH water. Next day, they looked much better. And that is when I transplanted them into one gallons using Roots Organic Potting Soil. I believe there is two types of um, potting soil from them. There's the regular Roots Original, and then there's a 707 mix, which is a really big bag. Uh, he goes, when I transplanted, I sprinkled... And he's using the Roots Original. I sprinkled a teaspoon of recharge in each pot down where the roots would be exposed. I also top-dressed the soil with worm castings and some samples of mycorrhizae that my grow store gave me. I figured you could never have too much good bacteria. Yes, you cannot. And keep in mind, mycorrhizae is a fungi. They're fungi. You, man. And uh, 
now they, they now look very healthy, strong, and a nice color. My question is, how long should I wait before I feed my plants nutrients? The guy at my grow store told me that the soil is amended to hold off until I see yellow and to hold off feeding until I see yellowing. So there is the truth, and then there is the truth. <laughs> I need the truth. So when should I start feeding my girls? Should I wait to see some deficiencies, or can I start feeding quarter strength and see how they react? I rather some solid advice instead of playing the guessing game. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate all the knowledge and guys you guys share with myself and the rest of the DGC. I know what I'd tell them, man, because I just tell people this all the time in the grocery store. But what do you got, man? You want me to take it? Or take you know, you're setting me up, man. How do I know, man? What if I what if I got the opposite to say? Okay, you can if, try. If, if there's yeah, if there's roots, man, start feeding them bitches, man. Yeah, if you transplanted into Roots Organics and it was really, you had really healthy, you know, stock plants to go with, everything's happy as hell, and you have a really good, clean, aggressive root zone, start feeding at quarter strength like you already suggested to yourself. You could wait. You could go into Roots Organics and probably wait two weeks or I don't know how much you're watering. You know, it's more about how many waterings than time. I'll say off the top of my head, six waterings. I mean, you could get away with plain water because it is amended and there are goodies in there for the plant. But starting off with quarter strength on healthy plants, they're going to be fine with that. Right. So do that for like, you know, do that for like the first, I don't know, five waterings. And then just you'll see the plant react and start building it up and building it up and get it up to your full strength. Don't don't forget to do a little uh, enzyme plain watering or your plain watering recharge days. You know, when you're in a mix like Roots Organic, it's not straight cocoa, so... It is good to uh, do some flushes on it if you can. It, and yeah, it depends your style, but I mean, like for me, I'm trying to grow the freak, man. You know, I'm trying to push as much the as as, yeah, as much nutrient as I can through this thing, have it absorb as much light as possible, uh, you know, and just uh, spread it out so it it gets the you know it grows the the most flower that it possibly can. Some crazy like outrageous to get you know, two pounds of dried flour off one big giant plant the size of a washing machine is pretty freakish, yeah. man. You know, I don't think it's, you know, that's not normally done indoors. So what you do is for me to do that, I got to treat it like I'm growing the freak, you know, but right off the bat, man, I'm trying <laughs> to give it as much as I possibly can, try to trick it into eating as much as it possibly can. Man, I was seeing this. Uh, I was watching Tosh.0 and they had this bodybuilder on like Mr. California and he was fucking huge man like 2016 bodybuilders are crazy big man and he was like yeah just pretty much all day all I do is eat man you know you gotta feed that if you wanna be a freak <laughs> like that man you gotta feed that the muscles man you know you gotta if you wanna grow a big huge washing machine in, in, in 90 days to harvest man you gotta be pushing that thing that's what that perfect burn is all about man you know you're giving it so much nutrients they're like oh man holy shit you know what i mean and you just back off a tiny bit or don't <laughs> you know does that apply to you got an analogy like when you used to go to the beach in florida could you get that perfect burn on you yeah <laughs> man that's right man that's right all right let's see here we're gonna go on to a canadian grower guy who was the executive producer which this is a little tricky because um pitchers but regardless Yo, boys, and this is obviously from up in Canada. Canada. I just saw Trailer Park Boys had season 10 put out <laughs> on Netflix. So I might have to check some of that out. It was, yo, boys, what up? First off, I'm a huge fan of the show and can't wait to say thanks you gents enough for all the help with my grows. I work in the oil field and on weekly fly in and out. 
So since finding the show, um, hitches go by much faster. Hitches, that must be when he's out in the field. Strange Canadian I think dog. hitches is when he goes from, like, he's hitching a ride from one place to the other. You know, his travels, uh, his travels, go, man. I can, I can speak you know, Canadian, my bro. Girl, just so you know, my girl tends to the plants while I'm working. She is an unreal grower and also has is a huge fan of the show. <laughs> Word, man. I like to hear that because you know what? Plenty of guys know out there. And it could go vice versa with, you know, girls and, and the guys tend into the garden while they're, go- they're gone. But there's way more guy growers typically. And I've heard horror stories of just simply, like, you know, I'm not even going to name names. There is a DGC member out there that, you know, he just went away for like three days. And he came back and like two of his plants were just dead because they weren't simply because they weren't watered. Like, all you got to do is put water on them. That's it. Seen it happen, and, you man. Know, like, Seen it happen. You can't you can't exactly. ask other so people pr- to take care of your garden when you're gone though, man. You can ask them to take a look and at best, you know what I mean, they maybe will be like, Yeah, I went and I flipped the timer on and it worked. You know, whatever. You know, like they'll take a look and make sure everything's running, but you gotta have that shit on autopilot, man, or some timers and shit, man. It's too you're setting yourself yeah, up for right. heartbreak, man. People don't know. I had somebody I had fifteen gallon tubs one time a long time ago, and my buddy came over and he was a grower, nicest guy in the world. And he fucking just watered like he's he's used to one gallon pots. So he fucking watered like a couple quarts in the top of it, and they needed a couple gallons and went away. He goes, no, I just watered them a couple of days ago. They were fucking dead when I came back, man. People try their best, but it ain't their systems, it ain't their grows, you know? Yeah. Exactly, and you should have Canadian grower guy. You should have your uh, girl come on the site as Canadian grower girl. So nice, yeah, that is <laughs> awesome. Anyway, man. On I will say that if you can actually get your girl to really give a shit, you know, not be going through the motions, something she's you know an extra chore she has to do while you're gone, but to really give a shit, man, that is a joy. That is an absolute joy, man. You know, talk about eating eating your own uh, home, you know, eating your own homegrown vegetables, man, from the garden that always tastes so good. Man, I'll bet you as a couple smoking your own homegrown weed tastes good too, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. On with the question. So we have a 220-watt LED setup in a 2x2 two two tent. Keeps the humidity between 50 and 65. The temps uh, and the temps at 25 Celsius. Whatever the hell that is. I don't They're that, fucking man. perfect, just all right? The rest of the That's world. all I got to say. It's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Good atmosphere, it sounds like. The plants are blue cheese in week three of edge. The media is Botanicare Ready Grow, which he says shitty, in my opinion. And, and Botanicare Ready Grow, I believe, is a pretty much a cocoa based, uh, maybe straight cocoa, actually. Might be mixed slightly. And he goes, he's feeding daily with Botanicare Pro Grow, Botanicare's Calmeg Plus, and a Pro Max B1, which I'm not sure what that is. Some it's, vitamin it shit. Like a vitamin, yeah. vitamin. We did put Subculture M for biology and just applied it once, and that would be general hydroponics bacteria or mycorrhizal product, mycorrhizal product. He says the pH is between 5.8 to 6.1. Sounds good to me. Plants are top-fed by hand. Everything looks, everything looks pretty good, except for about half of the leaves are wrinkled, including new growth. No point in sending a pic because you really can't see it in the picture. But believe me, they are really wrinkly. They have been wrinkled since they were seedlings and through veg. I seriously cannot find anything online. I'm starting to think Americans don't use the word wrinkle. <laughs> LOL. So, you know, maybe it's another descriptive word he needs to use. He goes, I know we do tend to differ on some vocabulary. For example, we say, um, t- uh, what is that word? T- uh, put on your toque. Toque. Toques for your winter hat and so on. 
He says, the plants smell great and otherwise look healthy. I'm so confused. Hope you dudes can help shed some light on for me. And you guys are, uh, again. And he goes, you guys are fucking deadly. All right. <laughs> is, that a, is that a uh, Canadian compliment? It means good, man, you know? I know. Yeah. I'm getting concerned. Yeah, now. my wife you know, Anyways. listens to you and she falls dead asleep, man, okay? Deadly. <laughs> me and my girlfriend plan on coming down to Colorado in the near future and hopefully tour some grows and smoke a ton of dank. Without the fear of being thrown in jail. Also, um, can I can I executive produce the shit out of an episode anytime, homies? So yes, you are executive producing the shit out of this episode. And I'll tell you, man, I'm thinking if I saw a picture and you're saying I can't see it in a picture, that this word wrinkle is something else. Your environment sounds great. Your nutrients sound fine. Could be too much light. Uh, plants wrinkle up. When, you know, plants will fold up on themselves. If there's too much light to kind of shield themselves, but if you over fertilized or something in the beginning and and got the, you know and it was just spitting out its first couple leaves and it popped out a wrinkled leaf because it was a little bit burnt or it had some kind of uh, deficiency, it's it's not gonna re- that leaf isn't gonna suddenly unwrinkle itself. It built itself that way, you know. So I, I've seen that happen every now and again. Or uh, if the new leaves are coming out and they look good. Man, I wouldn't worry about it then. But if a leaf came out wrinkly, it's not going to unwrinkle itself, you know? Yeah, and he said that um, the new growth was doing that too. There's, you know, it, it could be, he said he's looked at pictures online. It could be a genetic mutation. Some plants grow leaves differently. But get us 30 times loop too, man. Be looking anytime a leaf's deforming. I've had this happen when hemp russet mites come on. I didn't know what the hell was happening. So you got to scope the hell out of it when your leaf's deforming as well. Um, otherwise, I used to tell people with the form leaves it was a pH issue, but your pH sounds pretty f- pretty good that you're watering in at. So if you can't get any close-up pictures, send away, and uh, I really don't have a, a, something to specifically point my finger at, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, without a picture, there's just you know, too many uh, variables, man. But I will use this as a shameless plug for recharge. You know, one of the things you can do is throw a little bit of recharge on top. You know, just the subculture M is just a little bit of mycorrhizae. But, yeah, I'd really consider doing something like that. Get it into Canada through Amazon. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it might help with at least the new growth, you know, as far as because, you know, all those uh, microbes act as a buffer. You know, so if you do have a minor over-fertilization problem, uh, it will actually uh, buffer between the roots and, and the nutrients, man. So something to consider. Shameless plug. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> definitely something to consider let's talk to uh tri-county bandit now about cocoa specific newts what's going on dgc happy easter too right on happy easter as well yo my q which means question is on cocoa only newts last time i chimed in it was the gh3 part and duo and was also asking about the new three the new sns three part i'm starting this run on the sns that's sierra natural sciences by the way, and I'll keep y'all posted. Definitely do that. Anyway, I've been mixing my own batches of media, and on this run, this is what I've got mixed. I got one cubic foot of black gold cocoa, a half cubic foot of Coast of Maine lobster compost. I've heard good things about that. And he says in parentheses, love this shit so far. Y'all got to try it. Not really stinky and very soft and fluffy, bro. I can fill my pillowcase with it. <laughs> I have heard really good things about this Maine lobster compost. I do want to try some. He goes, I also throw a shitload of earthworm castings and 
of course, a small bag of perlite, like eight quarts. There you go. I like the mix. I really do. So my question is, um, I, I also just gifted. I was also just gifted two liters of House and Garden Cocos A and B. That I want to use on my next run after the SNS run. So, uh, can I keep my new media regimen, or should I just do straight cocoa perlite in the earthworm castings and leave out the lobster compost? I also heard that once you add organically into a cocoa mix, it's considered soil. Would this be a no-no? Um, has anyone used cocoa say and B with mixed media? If so, hit me with a comment below. Hell yeah. Uh, what what was the mix? How did it go? All DGC are welcomed. I love it. He's calling for his own comments on his post. Right. Uh, all right. So when he goes, oh, P.S. my bad, guys. I'm absolutely sure I've heard like six versions of this question in the past. One ear out the other. Because I never thought to um, is use cocoa only newts. Go for it, man. Yeah, I amend my cocoa slightly. I don't always do it. You're not going to have any issues. I mean, what do you, you think he's going to have any no, issues? No, I would definitely go for it, man. I think it'll be fine. And like I said, just add your extras. You know, I mean, the base newts is, is your steak and potatoes, man. But add, you know, add it's all the extra stuff that's going to make it taste really good, man. And it really performs. So. Yeah, and it is true. I mean, once you if you don't have a straight cocoa, technically you're not growing uh, in quotes, hydroponically, you have created a type of soil mix, but by no means is that, you know, a bad thing. You're going to be completely fine. Now, I wouldn't do like a 50-50 mix of like ocean forest and cocoa nah. or something else and then still use cocos A and B, but you're really just amending it lightly with some really good stuff and you're going to have good results. When I think about am I doing hydroponic gardening, am I watering, am I delivering a light uh, nutrient solution every time that I water? If that's the case, I'm treating it like hydro. You know, that's how I treat my cocoa. So, in my opinion, cocoa's like hydro. And I don't want to get all technical, but, you know, I never just hit them with straight water. It's always with some type of nutrient solution. True, true. Well, I wanted, now that we're on cocoa real quick, I wanted to uh, see if I can find um, a link. Somebody was chiming in on a show talking about using the same res, um, and he had canna. He was going to go to can of cocoa, but he's using botanica kind to water into rock wool. As well as, um, that was the main question, the Botanica uh, Rockwool, sorry, Botanica Kind nutrient system. And his room had ProMix in it in containers, which is the peat-based mix, and it also had Rockwool. And he was using the same res to water both. So I have some feedback and some tips here as far as saying the same res to water both was working out for him. But it, it, and it's recirc- the hydro side, if you guys can follow me here, the hydro side that has, is rock wool is recirculating back to the res. And then the, the non-hydro side, which is peat, is he's just using drain to waste there. He's not recirculating the peat back. Yeah, that doesn't sound too crazy. So he's point, got a hydro system, and then he just puts some peat, you know, some regular pots on the other side with some regular soil, and he's just feeding off that. So that doesn't sound crazy at all. Yeah, yeah. A few points here. We had uh, actually uh, Chet chimed in a little bit from Canna. Um, just bringing up a couple points as far as saying you should if you're re, if you're recirculating your your side which you are with the rock wool technically you probably shouldn't use that res to be watering the pro mix for optimal results right because, because, because your PPMs will be fluctuating. yeah that's going to be taking certain things the reason you got to dump that every two weeks is because it's unevenly pulling the nutrition that it needs from from that it's, hydroponic it's, reservoir and after two weeks that shit's depleted a little bit man. right every time yeah. it cycles through but depletes it in a weird in an in, in an imbalanced way 
it's not like it takes up the same exact amount that canna put in there per per ounce takes up more nitrogen or less nitrogen or you know what i mean so it takes up what it wants and you know it ends up messing up you know it ends up leaving less of what it wants so after a couple weeks it still might register but it's imbalanced you gotta you you know you gotta totally dump it and start from scratch yeah you know and his his concern was um you know going to the the can of cocoa to use you know should i use can of cocoa on both sides he's pretty happy now saying using botanicare's kind across both systems but there was uh now some feedback on that part of it is where the, if you're in a recirculating system you're going to continue to grow with your rock wool which um eventually i suggest going to all one media but you might be just having fun uh, the recirculating system, if you are going to try can on that, you should be using the aqua line. That's for your water-based recirculating system. Now, if you're going to continue to grow with your ProMix side, or maybe you make the room all one or the other, if you are to use a canna product on ProMix peat, you would use the Substra line. So basically, that way, you know, canna is good at dialing in their, their nutrient specifically to certain media for their medias man they they have you use their media that's why it works so good it's a complete system yeah and one recommendation which i like i kind of like this one and i don't know if you're a colorado grower but um he says maybe keep doing the kind keep doing it i think he was using floralicious plus but maybe uh replace the floralicious plus and try the tricana's boost try replace one thing in your system keep your base nutrients the same and give boost a go, which I do kind of like that suggestion, actually. You don't want to change too much at once unless you like having, you can't look back at solid results. So, um, you know, and, and it is it is something to say that I haven't used Botanicare's kind yet, so I don't, I'm not experienced with it. Um, I, I would think when you have nutrients that go to the specific type of uh, substrates, if you will, if that's right, um, that you're going to you're gonna have better results. I mean, I could tell you, you could use GH3 parts, in uh, ocean forest, cocoa, rock wool blocks, or all kinds of different shit. But when you're really trying to dial in the end results, I think you're going to have a better end result with products that are meant for that that substra or that media. Sure. So, sure. Just a little feedback on a, a, a question that was called uh, switching to canna. I think it was on, on uh, last week's Grow Talk. Yeah, what we're trying to avoid by using these specific nutrients is... <clears throat> having problems man i mean there's so many mystery problems you can have with the plant and back in the day i used to oh man i can't tell what's the matter you know what's what's going on with that thing nowadays i don't have those problems because i don't recirculate and i constantly am feeding fresh nutrition so for me i'm using canna a and b and i keep a 55 gallon drum of it about 900,000 ppm and uh I'm constantly just wicking that from the bottom. So the plants are always happy and full of nutrition. That, that's important. Yeah, definitely important. Keeps a little, still keeps it a little bit wet for my liking, but we're all different. Yeah, but just, just my point is to always be giving them fresh nutrient. Not re, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of recirculating nutrition because it's really easy yeah, I agree. to get that reservoir in balance. It's been a long man. time since I've done since I've done that. I mean, that's how I first started growing with recirculating flood tables. I know you did that for a while. and um, But it is, I don't believe it's going to give you your full full potential. Yeah, when I did recirculate, I was using like those water farms. I would have like the, the little slave reservoir on the bottom that, that just pumped 
around the uh, buckets, you know, and then that would have a float valve that would sip off like like a 300-gallon tank or a 200-gallon tank that was filled with fresh nutrient, and uh, that was really really key to keeping that deep water culture system from fluctuating too much. It was always getting new nutrient as it was taken. Hell yeah. All right, man. I think we're get we're we're getting there. Right. Pump it up here. We got to pump up the volume. We got four questions left, uh, I believe. So let's take a real quick break. We'll come back and turbo in a good way through a few more a little a few more questions on Grow Talk, and we'll be right back, guys. Check it out as I say, dudegrows.com. It was a little dot com, you know, upper, not dot com. Oh, shout out here my last shout out real quick don't forget because you guys have been uh, appreciate it man we're getting a uh, little bit of kickback support for the show from source vapes guys uh, we do have a current meme contest going on with source vapes we're the most what are we doing is it the most yeah the liked? most likes man here? so share and like and, okay, and, and we're giving away i'm giving away i'm do? giving away an orb three man a complete pro, pro orb Three professional. When do you want to do that? I think it's been announced for about a week now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should do it on Wednesday's show. I mean, let's uh, let's let's see how. The, I'll have to go and check out the response, man. We're supposed to do it on Wednesday's show. Uh, guys, go out there and share, man. I tell you, I'm gonna. Uh, 
Might might have to go enter a couple memes in there, man. You gonna enter any, dude? Gonna lead by I don't example, know. I've never man. Never made a meme. <laughs> All right, yeah, it'll either be Wednesday or Friday. We'll see how many likes are going, guys. At dudegrows.com, you can click on the meme under our navigation there and just go over there and create a meme and and be good to go, man. Has anybody? What's up? Has anybody ordered any stickers yet? Yeah, they have. Uncle Jim ordered some stickers and he said, "Hey, man, that shit don't work." So thank you for helping me kick the tires on it. I was up till 3 a.m. with the uh, with the guys trying to fix it last night. And, man, it's just, you know, all this stuff. It's, it's kind of weird that it has to happen live because on their testing site, everything works beautiful. But, uh, so anyway, man, just working out the kinks. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm, I'm not a web professional, man. I'm a dude with an idea. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's talk about... Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot. We didn't finish. Source Vapes. If you guys use coupon code DUDE over there, much appreciated. Pick up whatever you need. Batteries, some uh, different atomizers, full pens, uh, the Orb, Orb XL, any of that, any of that jazz. And if you, have, uh, if you have Shatter, I do highly recommend enjoying it via a Source Vape pen somewhere where you technically shouldn't be but you feel very special because you're vaporizing right out in the middle like my, my most special vaporizing moment for me was when i was uh we were getting we, were, we, were, we had landed in tennessee and we were getting our rental car throwing shit in the trunk i'm like hold on before we go drive off uh, you know actually before my wife goes drives off uh, I was hitting up on that source vape pen, like right, right in the, the the parking garage at the airport, because this day and age with the the, the popularity of tobacco pens, man, it's not like you're sitting there with a bong or something. It's great. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, dude, I feel so privileged and, to be able to get enjoy my cannabis right now. And I'm even gonna tell you, I just had my my father visit for a week, and he's cool. He don't give a shit. But you know, sometimes you might want to go out at you know, 9.45 a.m. and get really baked and, and not have people judge you, man, you know? So it's nice to be able to go out and, you know, go to the garage, take a couple puffs, you come on back, and you're high as a motherfucker, but ain't nobody know. Yep, I agree. All right, let's go to RX Green here. RX Green, uh, this will be uh, a built-in co- built into a question shout-out. This is uh, from... Uh, Veg Scrog Bloom again. Hi, dude and Scotty. I have a quick question. Can I use RX Green Solutions Energy as a foyer feed? I'm in cocoa and things are looking to be a little CalMag deficient. And I would like to stick with the RX Green line in this run. So, do you think energy will work? So, energy has kelp, yucca, and humic acid. To me, that sounds like that'd be fabulous as a foyer spray. It's a 301, I mean, right the bat, huh? I wonder where they're getting the nitrogen from. From the kelp? I don't know. I was going to say possible from the kelp. Does the kelp have properties that might help with a CalMag deficiency, if that's what he thinks it is? Um, I don't know. Um, I didn't know. I wasn't positive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it. W- I think uh, spraying kelp on there is certainly going to be beneficial. Um, I don't know specifically. I don't know that it has calcium or magnesium in it, though. Right on, right on. I mean, I would if you think it's a CalMag deficiency, then, you know, dial to add that in too typically or you could also i'm pretty sure i would be comfortable with fuller feeding if you have the rx green a and b base nutrients like at quarter strength or something there you, go. you i have not seen a CalMag deficiency using their line i would also consider upping your ppms and if you are using rx greens it's not absolutely essential but you should be using an ec or ppm meter to see where your nutrient levels are at um if you don't have a baseline right. and then 
up that. I mean, you got you can get pretty strong with theirs, and I haven't seen burn. And when I'm using it at the right PPMs and EC, I have not seen any CalMag deficiency across the line in strains. First thing, though, sure, go ahead and just spray it with that kelp and yucca and humic. Teaspoon per quart is what I'd recommend to go at and let us know how that yeah. worked. And interestingly enough, um, uh, he, he goes, so do you, okay, if you two would like to see what I'm up to, I'm posting this uh, run over at dudegrows.com, and he's been documenting, uh, he goes here, look up rx-green versus rabbit-poo. And he's literally, I don't know, I haven't gotten through all his posts, but I see down here there's a picture of a, of a rabbit in a cage. I think he must have a pet rabbit or two, and he's li- using rabbit shit. And I'm like, you know, out of sheer being interesting, uh, this is interesting because it's like, you know, I was like, cool, I'm going to let RX know what's up. But I don't know if they're going to be like, what the, what the hell? Like, you're putting us up against rabbit yeah. shit? Ra- I mean, oh, rabbit shit win. and recharge, <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Is at least Oh, cool. He's documenting a grow, though. I, I appreciate it, man, getting some shit over the cool. site. It's always awesome. Um, your RX screen's going to whoop the shit out of rabbit poo, in my opinion. And uh, I have been, I'm going to check up on your posts and let us know how that foliar feed uh, went. I think with that energy, with the, and plus since it has that yucca yeah, in that's it, a, I think that's going to make a surfactant, nice man. That's going to break it down so it uh, gets absorbed onto the leaf, or at least uh, lays on the leaf nice. Hells yeah. So, all right, all right. Got to close a couple windows here. It was getting confusing. All right, here we go. Back to Grow Talk. Uh, lighting, adding lighting here. This is a pretty good one, man. This is like my one of my first setups. Four 1,000 watts. El Diablo chiming in. What type of accent lighting should I add? It's a fun thing. That's a fun topic to think about. You're like, you know, my room's dialed, so now I'm thinking about accent lighting. He goes, Dear Dude, Scotty and the DGC, I was wanting to know the opinion of the DGC and you about what type of accent lighting I should add to my 4,000 watt HID grow room. The room is sealed, 10 by 12 by 8, and I'm running four 1,000-watt HID ballasts with air-cooled reflectors. He's got an LG mini-split, 22,000 BTU, oscillating fans on the wall, dehumidifier, and CO2. This shit sounds dialed. He's very happy with his current results. I want to keep the 1,000-watt, but do you think I could improve on trichome and terpene, terpene production? What type of accent lighting should I add? I was thinking of adding some T5 lights with the Hortolux Power Veg bulbs to add some full spectrum UV, or to be more efficient to install full spectrum LED lighting. Uh, goes, here's a video of my grow before I removed the window unit and installed the mini split. And this is a pretty uh, good video, guys. Just go check it out. Plenty of cool pictures here, man. El Diablo looks like you're growing some dank. And he's got his equipment list here, nutrient list, IPM product list. Great post, man. I appreciate it. Um, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking about doing this myself, man. There's, uh, um, when I was playing around with the, remember my saltwater fish tank, man? Remember that down in Florida mm-hmm. with the eel that committed suicide? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 anyway, man, uh, they just had, it was like a cap on both sides, and it just went on, ba- on a, a big, you know, on a bulb, man. I wonder if you could just get those for like a T5 or something, you know, so you wouldn't have to use much of a fixture. You could just hang it. You could do a lot of different things. I mean, in this day and day and age, I I like the idea of the T5. You, you can get a single you know strip to hang. They're not that expensive to hang on either side right. of your hood, and it, it's a good. I like the light spread on a four foot T5 bulb, whereas an LED can strike more straight down. I've done the Kessel All Red Bloom Booster, but I must say, yeah, my top pick would be the the Power Veg to add the UV. 
And LED, I'm not against adding some LED accent either. Um, I don't know. Are there a little, any, like, what would be, like, a little, I feel like I should know this. Are there, like, little affordable LED accent lights that have UV? I don't know, man. I was looking at the UV lights for, like, the uh, animals, and I'm not sure that that's the, same, that's the same type of UV. But I'm trying to learn a little bit more about it. I recorded a little segment with Hortolux. Um, I think I'm going to maybe be able to post that over on Real Growers and access it. But, yeah, there's UVA, UVB, UVC. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, man. So definitely got to learn about that, bro. I don't know that I know enough, but I, w- I would definitely put the power of edges. I think that's A and B in the power of edges. Yeah, and, and whatever you do, El Diablo, take some more pictures, put up a video, man. I, li- I, I like your posts. I dig your room. It's pretty sweet. Definitely. But, yeah, I'd really like to see uh, uh, OG Dirtbag swears that he's hanging power of edges down uh, between every four lamps, and he loves it, man. He says, you know, I, I guess a little bit. You know, like in between the lamps, I guess not every four, I guess every other. But he says he's digging the results. You can see that a difference, man. So that one that makes me want to do it. Hell yeah! All right, man. Humboldt four twenty. Grow more fish and kelp recommendation. Trying to figure out um, who should be able to help out on this. Hey guys, I picked up some of the grow more's fish and kelp. I wanted to add to my girls. They're about two weeks into flower. The bottle recommends one to two tablespoons per gallon. Would you guys mix that up by itself? Or can I add it to my five-gallon bucket with my base newts and additives? Um, I'm running a, a hand-watered, drained-to-waste in cocoa. The five gal- or the five gallons usually last about two to two and a half days. I basically have the same question about recharge. I've been adding recharge once a week to my last couple of gallons um, of my mixed-up newts in the bucket for their once a week treat better to do both by themselves separately sorry for the drawn out question as always it ain't drawn out man no worries as always thanks for the great grow knowledge you guys drop every week thank you man yeah I mean, man i would uh if you yeah man if you're ahead. doing a once a week treat separate it out man you know do your recharge and your uh kelp and fish you know sometimes that was just what my all my once a week treat was man you know i, I think i think that's yeah, nice you can't you can't uh you know you don't have to. You're two weeks in. What do you say? How far is he into flowering here? Two weeks, I believe. Yeah, two weeks into flower. And he's saying the bottle of kelp and fish recommends one to two tablespoons per gallon. The heaviest I use to their, their fish and kelp is at a tablespoon per Me gallon. Me too. I never get up to two to two tablespoons per gallon. It's pretty heavy duty. It's for some outdoor or whatever. Growing. I think that's for your primary uh, nutrition. You know what I mean? If that's what you're using to feed your plant. Yeah. So, and you can definitely, you know, add it, add it in. You can even take it a little bit lower if you're running. It's all in correlation with how, if I'm adding a full tablespoon of kelp and fish to a gallon, I might take down my base newts just a little. Uh, just depends on how your plants are going to react to it. Um, and then he was asking. I'd use yeah, it in steady, in steady your base newts one day, man. You know what I mean? Give it a different taste, you know, a different steak and potatoes one day, man. Give it fish one day. And I like. Ah, <laughs> so uh, I did there. If you're going to do any, what I do for my plain watering, oh, not plain watering day. I have, uh, I use recharge at least once a week 
pretty much entirely on its own for watering. And it's typically when I'm in a rush. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to add a bunch of recharge to this water. Water everything in. We'll be good till next water. Look, I will say something, man. The a- more you use recharge, the better your plants are going to look. Yeah, I sell recharge. I get it. But I'm just telling you, when I'm lazy and I forget to do it once a week, I'm gone. And I do it once every 10 days. My plants look okay. When I'm in the garden, I'm doing it every three or four days, man. Almost, you know, just looking for an excuse to, to throw recharge in there, doing it heavy. Man, those plants look fat. So I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying, huh? It's All right. And uh, I did notice I keep my my fish and kelp and recharge um, in separate waterings. We did have a question, fair enough, back in the day where fish and kelp, I can get it. Like if you add up recharge and you stir the hell out of the bucket and you got foam all over the top, and then you can add your fish and kelp and it seems to take away that foam. But then if I stir hard enough again, it, it does kind of come back. And we had a question on that. And I didn't know if there's anything. Uh, they use what? Uh, some type of acid, don't they, to help preserve fish and fish all fish products in hydro business like they have to put something in there with the fish or else it's going to go open the bottle and it's going to be just right right um and that's fish and kelp you'll notice will p8 will bring your ph down so that's that's an acid i believe so i didn't know if i would say it has i mean if you're pre-mixing your if you're going to mix it with recharge i would mix your fish and kelp first get it into dilution in your solution and then add your recharge and then i'm game that's just how I'd do it. So I, w- I would leave out your base newts one day a week, you know, and just feed with uh, nice, nice heavy fish and, and kelp and uh, nice heavy recharge. And when I say nice and heavy, a tablespoon per gallon of fish and kelp recharge. If you want to put jump start in there, if you want to put fuego in there, if you want to put an enzyme like biocozyme in there, um, all those are going to add PPM, some CalMag, uh, whatever you want to put in that once a week treat it. You know, it, they don't need it all day, every day, and those things are expensive. But put them in once a week, man. Plants are going to love it. Yep. All right, man. We got uh, the last but not least from Mr. Mojo Resin. I have a couple questions regarding foliar feeding. I'm currently feeding with a mix of Optic Foliar's Transport, Azimax, and Canaboost once every three days. I filled up a one-gallon sprayer about halfway a couple weeks ago, and because my plants are only in week four of veg, it doesn't take much to spray them all down. Anyway, my first question is, can a foliar mix sit for too long and become ineffective? So I'll answer that one first. I say yes, for sure. I, I always like to use when I mix up that mix, that time. Yeah, I'm, tra- I'm trying to think if, if it was just neem sitting like neem and, and transport, I would think that would stay for a long time and it probably would stay for a decent amount of time. But that uh, I think those are kind of like sugars in the boost. So I don't know. Would you want to, you know, if you'll have to ice tea out, sweet ice tea out, you know, bacteria starts growing in, in there after a day and after a couple of days, it's spoiled and that's got sugar in it. So I wonder if, uh, you know, I would say, you know, kind of just think of it like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I try. I mean, try to. I know they recommend using like I think Asmax and Neem within a certain amount of time. And rule of thumb in general would be to use it. Use your spray mixes day of that you're you're you've mixed them. Yeah, you know I do have. And, uh, I've, I've been question. doing some clones, and I do have a little bit of uh, uh, just seaweed. It's just a little bit of that grow more kelp in a in a bottle with a little bit of the uh, easy wet as a foliar and i just go around and spray the clones and i just leave you know i leave that in the bottle like think about like a cloning you know if you're spraying your clones it's not like you know it takes a couple weeks sitting under the light for that bottle to go moldy and get nasty yeah all right true 
Let's go to uh, just the second part of the question. Can you do this more frequently? Would it be bad to foliar feed every other day or even every day? You know, what's the rate? When is too much on foliar feeding? Uh, I don't I don't know that there is a problem. I was talking to Dave from Hydro Farm, the Hydro Farm guy a long time ago, and he was saying that if you foliar a ton, then it doesn't, you know, the plants are getting nutrition from the leaves and it doesn't really force them to really develop super strong roots. Uh, that's the only thing I would worry about, about foliar in every single day. But I think uh, twice a week is a really good, is a good foliar regimen. I probably wouldn't even think that you'd get punished for three times a week. Probably looking really good for that. Right on. Well, a good recommendation. Let's uh, <clears throat> get ready to put it in the bag. Don't forget, guys, DGC Cup, the 16th. If you want to go and you want to pick up your lanyard right now, go to realgrowers.com. Actually, you, have you been shipping those out, or we're just we're going to do a sh- uh, uh, ship them all out at once here? So. Yeah, man. We should ship them out and actually give people the address of where the party is at. Yeah. We'll have that hopefully by this Wednesday. I'll have the paperwork done, and all 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 will be well, all is good already. But uh, that's a good idea. We'll announce where where it is, as well as uh, like I said, go to realgrowers.com. Total non weed related site, you know, and you could pick up the DGC cup. Even though I guess if you're picking up badges to go to a weed smoking competition, it might be you know. But you can pick up your badges over there. Twenty dollars is to come. That, you know, it gets you in the door. That's that that helps support the fundraiser. And uh, if you want to partake in judging as well as taste a bunch of good flour, uh, that is a forty dollar badge and uh, Whole Foods appetizers, man. <laughs> Check it out, ah, dude. Is passing <laughs> it up, man. That's why they call you the dude. All right, guys. I got to get the hell out of here, man. That was a bit of grow talk, and uh, I'm going to smoke a little here and uh, get ready to... Actually, I got to plant a bunch of seeds, man. I got to plant my tomatoes and peppers for real here. The real tomatoes and peppers, not the Jamaican kind. (laughs) I love it. All right, take it easy, Scotty. I'm going to get out of here. You guys all know what to do. Stay high. Take her easy, dude. Oh, hey, hey.